Blog Talk Radio. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast with Michael Boldea. All right, welcome to the program and thank you for joining us. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast. I am, as always, your humble host, Michael Boldia, and it's good to be back with you again. I know last week everyone was sleeping due to turkey comas, so uh, I, I, I thought, eh, you know, we'll skip a week. What can happen in a week? That's all we skipped. We skipped a week. How much news could there be? Well, looky, looky, apparently there, there's a new variant uh, making its way. Uh, it's uh, a little less uh, uh, troublesome than uh, the average cold, but that doesn't make the media, uh, you know, try to blow it up to, you know, the skies. You know, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't make them create fear any less. Uh, the doctor who discovered the new, uh, I guess, variant, and you know what? You got to give it to them. Uh, they're, they're, they're starting to come up with a little better uh, variant names. Uh, what's the newest one? The Akmagon, the Armagon, or whatever. It sounds better than the Lombada, you know, but... It's been almost two years. People have gotten a little fed up with the whole uh, variant thing. They realize that if they're relatively healthy and aren't an octogenarian, they're going to do okay with this thing. And so uh, there are certain uh, ham-fisted elites, the rulers of men, as it were, who are trying to uh, mandate vaccination of citizenry. Uh, as much as possible, as quickly as possible, because this thing's fizzling out. And for whatever reason, uh, they want you jabbed, kid, even though, you know, people, people are suffering mild side effects like heart attacks, uh, heart arrhythmia, dropping dead. It's mild compared to having the sniffles, you know, well worth the risk. So uh, anyway... We're going to get into a few things. Uh, Apparently, the Fed chair came out yesterday uh, and admitted that the only thing transitory was that bean burrito he had for breakfast. Uh, Inflation is here to stay. Those of you that wrote in, well, come on, are you smarter than the Fed chair? Uh, Apparently, because I was telling you inflation's here to stay and hyperinflation uh, is going to come a knocking at some point. Uh, when he was saying, it's transitory, you have nothing to fear, there's nothing going on. Now, um, you know, American prophetic, see, I, it's, uh, I should start a course. I'm going to start a course and charge four ninety nine ninety nine because 500 would just be audacious, uh, and uh, teach you how to be American prophetic. Uh, so, anyway... That's happening. Inflation is here to stay, as per now the Fed chair. And uh, look, if they drop the stock market down 10% in one day, I don't think they can because they have like halts and triggers and all, all these things. But 
if 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 they go every day red and don't give you a couple green days in between, people will panic all the more. So uh, this is uh, a, a a slow bleed, but I'm not going to say believe me when I tell you because I've got no vested interest. I'm not asking you to invest in my fund. The only thing I've ever asked you to invest in was bucket of gruel, and that took off like a rocket, so much so that we stopped. Nobody could be an early adopter or an early investor anymore. And although, you know, it was a joke, uh, at some point in the near future, apparently bucket of gruel would have made me uh, a very sizable chunk of change. Uh, That said, I did want to get into the story because I found it being – of the sleuth-natured sort of mindset that I have been lately. And uh, this is an older article. And the reason I'm going to get into it and the reason we're going to discuss it is because I need you to understand uh, the mindset of the people that have been placed in control of uh, science. And I use that term loosely. And yes, I just did the air quotes. Nobody can see me. I'm sitting here in Wisconsin watching, uh, I guess, what, semi-rain turn to semi-sleet. And uh, I did the air quotes. But for those of you that think that uh, the men of science, like uh, the Napoleonic complex Dr. Fauci, uh, has your best interest at heart or that, you know, he takes his uh, Hippocratic oath seriously. Uh, we talked about the puppies a couple programs ago, and I know, you know, some of you will have been affected more by the puppy story than this one because this is the sad reality of the state of our morality. We're more affected about reading you know, by reading about puppies being eaten alive by sand flies than we are about the uh, National Institute of Health testing eight drugs on foster children. I didn't make that up. This is actually a real story that came out in 2005, and guess who was the head of the NIH back then? The same ghoul that is the head of the NIH today the same one that is going to schools now like they're on a concert tour. Him and Obama are going to schools pushing vaccines on children who will not be negatively affected by this even if they catch it. Are you starting to see what's going on? So if you ever for a second thought that these people have my best interest at heart, they want me to be healthy and safe. I'm wearing three masks and I got seven boosters and I glow in the dark. But hey, at least I don't have the sniffles. Uh, we're going to get into this article. You need to understand the nature of the people that we're dealing with. Because our side, and I will be uh, so pretentious as to go the right side, the side of good, the side of light, Uh, in this battle as though the people they were warring against have scruples or morals uh, or, uh, you know, wouldn't be willing to just watch you bleed to death while taking notes. So uh, the NIH, the National Institute of Health, I checked, yes, one Dr. Fauci was running the NIH back when this occurred. 
because, well, you know, once a ghoul, always a ghoul. Uh, Earlier this May, the Associated Press reported that National Institutes of Health researchers tested AIDS drugs on hundreds of foster children in the late 1980s and 90s. In many instances, the drugs were given without independent advocates who monitor the safety of these children. Well, they decided they needed a much bigger pool to test the vaccine on. Uh, And, of course, uh, our beloved diaper-wearing leader is going right along with it, because why not? I'm sure that having the foresight that one can get only by being addicted to crack, in between being a world-renowned artist, Hunter Biden likely invested in Pfizer and Moderna. Because let's face it, if you can come up with that kind of art, just naturally, if people are willing to give you upwards of a quarter million dollars for paint splatters on a canvas, then the level of your genius must be so astounding as if to humble the mind of Einstein himself. So I wouldn't put it past him that in between drug-induced blackouts, one Hunter Biden woke up and went, Pfizer and Moderna, that's what I'm investing in. And you know what? For somebody that got kicked out of the Navy that has an admitted problem with the crack cocaine, he's doing pretty good for himself. Because the Chinese are very generous benefactors, especially when your daddy's the vice president and his aspirations to be president. Ding, 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 that investment is playing dividends. So many dividends. The Chinese don't know what to do with themselves. They even feel so confident in their position that they turn around and mock our diaper wearer in chief to his face. They know he's not going to do anything because no matter how senile and just perverted Joe Robinette Biden is, he likely still has a sliver of love for his crack addict son in his heart. He doesn't want to see him trumped up on treason charges. That wouldn't be nice. He suffered enough. He saw the good son die of cancer. He's got to protect the other one. So, the Chinese are feeling confident enough in themselves where they're openly mocking Joe Biden, daring, daring him to do anything. He's not. He's not going to do anything. What can he do? Other than lick his finger to see if the pudding really is pudding. Let's be honest about this. But I want to get back to this because I keep getting sidetracked. This is, to me, the most gruesome thing I've ever read regarding quote-unquote, a person of science. Because, you know, they that whole Hippocratic oath, do no harm. Apparently, that doesn't apply to orphan children or foster children. You're not reading about something that happened in Nigeria or, you know, Kuala Lumpur or Pakistan, as one Mr. Obama liked to say. This isn't stuff the communists and the Nazis did. This is stuff that Dr. Fauci oversaw in these United States of America. 
And the only reason these things were allowed to happen and go on is because we lost our moral clarity at some point along the way. Me thinks it was when we legalized abortion, but hey, who am I to say anything? I'm not a woman. I shouldn't judge. I shouldn't have a say. But it goes without saying that we lost our moral clarity. We blurred the lines between good and evil, and we justified kind of evil, preying upon the innocent. So earlier this month, and this is an article from, what, 2005, so, you know, it's not new. But we begin to see a pattern with one Dr. Fauci and what he's willing to allow what he's willing to overlook. Because remember a few weeks ago we talked about little people playing God? Yeah. I ain't lying. Let me take a sip of my delicious beverage and we'll get into this. Because when I read it, it, it kind of made the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. It's, it's gruesome. Just one second. Earlier this month, and this is coming from the AP. This is coming from the Associated Press. It's, it's not, you know, the Alex Jones show, so don't start with that. Even though, you know, if you go back and listen to what he said, eh, right more than he was wrong. Has a flair with words for sure, but still, so do I. Who am I to judge? Remember? Anyway. Earlier this month, the Associated Press reported that researchers at the National Institute of Health had tested AIDS drugs on hundreds of foster children in the late 1980s and 90s. In many instances, the drugs were given without having independent monitors assigned to the children, which is the law in most of the states where the tests were conducted. Dr. Jonathan Fishbein, an AIDS research expert at the NIH, has criticized his agency for what he says is irresponsible drug testing. Dr. Fishbein joins us from Bethesda, Maryland, and this is the transcript of an interview that I want you to listen to very carefully. Look, I, I, I don't know the level of naivete that one must possess in order to think that government agencies are looking out for the best of the people. We, we've built these monstrosities. We've given them power. Apparently, El miniature Napoleon, Dr. Fauci, really likes the power. Oh, he feasts on it. He's a glutton for it. I don't know if we're going to shut you down, but I'll let you know. For what? This thing is not any more deadly. Symptoms are mild. Unless you go get tested, which, yeah, 50-50. Uh, you won't know if you've got a cold or you've got the COVIDs. So let's stop. Can we get past this? But no. And look, again, you, you got to hang on to your hats because this is going to be another segment of American Prophetic. So I'm going to sing the, 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 the catchy tune and then I'm going to something that you might not believe right now. <laughs> 
But just remember, American prophetic, um, look, we, we're a nation on the decline. Things are going to get worse. And to ensure a shot at the midterm elections, my American prophetic abilities tell me that they're likely going to try to go for another shutdown sometime in, oh, I don't know, September, October. I'm sure there will be one or two more variants by then. But when it's going to get close to that crunch time and they realize they're polling in the teens, their uh, minions in the media will push whatever variant comes up at that time with such ferocity that we have no choice but to, two weeks, two weeks to, to, to shorten the spread, to flatten the curve. Just two weeks, people. I know it's right during the election, but we have a solution for that. We've already filled in your ballot the way you should vote. We've mailed it in for you. We've counted the votes, and these are the winners. You're welcome. You're safe now. So, American Prophetic, they will likely try for another shutdown next fall before the elections. It's, it's the only play that I see. Now, the, the, the people on the side of darkness – uh, that still have an ounce or a shred of self-respect are starting to uh, say that they won't run for re-election already. There, there's, a, there's a bunch in Congress that are going, oh, we're tapping out, because they see the writing on the wall. And even if, I think, they, they, they try to shut it all down again next fall – it's not going to do much good because people are already angry. And nobody's seen their first heating bill yet. I'm going to just leave it at that. If you live in one of the cold states, even if you're already angry, you still haven't seen your first heating bill yet. Look, this is, again, if this was planned it would not have succeeded in the manner that it has. This is sheer incompetence at work. You can't plan this big of a turd. Pardon the French. This, this, is, this, is, this is a truckload of manure. This, this isn't a little nugget on the side of the road. This, this, is, this is a truckload. And everything they try to do and everything they attempt to do only makes it worse. But have no fear. Il dottore Fauci, the man who is science himself, will come upon his steed to the rescue. He ran the NIH when this was going on. Listen to this. So the interviewer begins... And says, I think a lot of people would be shocked, and will be shocked, as this story gets further play in the media. Did it? Somebody shut it down, because experimenting on foster kids, you know, eh, it makes people feel icky. 
Out of sight, out of mind. Remember the three monkeys. I see nothing. I hear nothing. I say nothing. And how have we come to that as a society? The loss of moral clarity. How did we lose our moral clarity? The church didn't do its job. See, always comes back to the church. Because as I was getting ready to record this program, and by the way, this is a recording. Today is December the 1st, the year of our Lord 2021. Fresh, because it will air tomorrow. Some of you listen to this on the interwebs right as it's, you know, put up. I'm ready to record. Uh, a, a certain unnamed person walked by and said, don't forget to talk about Jesus. I always do. It always comes back to the church, whether for blame or glory. It always comes back to the children of God. This time, not so much glory, but a lot of blame. We lost our moral clarity because the church wasn't doing its job. The reason the church wasn't doing its job is because we got distracted by baubles. We got distracted by the craft load dollars of the world. By, by the Mike Murdochs of the world, by the prosperity pimps who promised you everything and you wouldn't have to do anything in return except write them a sizable check. We stopped talking about repentance and righteousness and holiness in Jesus. We stopped talking about the Word of God and we started coming out with, with rehashed, repurposed self-help nonsense that made you feel really good about your failures, that made you feel really good about being a loser at life. Yes, I'm caffeinated. I'm going to pump the brakes here. Otherwise, we're going to go off the rails because you know what? It is what it is. We, we're here because the church didn't do what it was supposed to do. Still want to get into this, and I've got about four articles being pulled up because, hey, inflation is a thing. The new German chancellor wants to mandate vaccine for all their citizens. Austria is going the same way. There's kids being run down by police in Australia because they escaped a quarantine. So if you thought authoritative, a little, pardon me, uh, my, my tongue, uh, you know, didn't do its job. Authoritarianism. See? Ooh, I know. It's a big word. So you got to give me grace. You got to give me grace authoritarianism if you thought tyranny and authoritarianism were something only experienced in those little dinky countries in the congo or you know communist china understand that nations that label themselves as democratic or the western nations are more authoritarian now than former third world countries are and the only saving grace that we have as American citizens is that this particular country is not a democracy. It's a constitutional republic. And at some point, because it's a constitutional republic of the people, by the people, for the people, I know I'm a Romanian. I came here with a pair of corduroy pants and a pair of polyester pants that my grandma sewed for me, and I'm teaching you people what your own country is. We are a constitutional republic. Our representatives are failing us in their primary edict, which is to represent the will of the people. 
Because whether you're for the jab or you're against the jab, I guarantee you more people than not are against the idea of forcing someone to do something against their will. Remember that? My body, my choice. Well, technically, your body and the baby's body, which you butchered out of you. But hey, foregone conclusion. So that's, that's the only saving grace that we have as people. I'm not saying as a nation. Because the nation's going to need to go through a lot of pain to have a chance at success. But as people currently... At this juncture in history, at this point in time, the one grace that we have is that we are a constitutional republic. And the other grace that we have is that the citizens weren't as dumb as the Australians to give up their firearms. Because right now, you know, I'm sure there's some Australians sitting there scratching their heads going, what is happening in me country? I know that's not an Australian accent. I don't know. Whatever. Kangaroos. But I guarantee you, some people are sitting there going, whoa, Nelly. These people have lost their minds and they're in power. Indeed. Now, it's a two-edged sword. Because I, for one, don't want to see the outcome of an armed populace, an armed citizenry, finally standing up against a tyrannical government. is is going to get bloody. It's very, very bloody. I don't know if we have the stomach for it. Now we have what we have. Apparently, uh, the diaper wearer in chief has been blocked by more than one judge regarding his... Uh, you know, proclamation of forced vaccination. All right, let's get back to this. I know. See, look at that. It's, it's almost half an hour, and we still haven't gotten to the meat of one article. <sighs> I think a lot of people would be shocked and will be shocked as this story gets further play in the media to find out just how many young people were, in fact, part of this, quote, experiment if you will. When you found out and when you looked at the numbers, did it surprise you? And this Dr. Fishbein says, I was surprised. I did not realize that foster children were a readily available source of clinical trial participants. See, the, and, and, and this guy is on the side of right, and even he has that clinical mindset. Even he sees through that clinician's prism where children, children are nothing more than a source of clinical trial participants. Just like itty bitty cute beagle bobbies were nothing more than an available source of clinical trial participants. You mean nothing to these people. Your lifespan means nothing to these people. The fact that they talked you into jabbing your teenager and they could never have a child means nothing to these people. It's all numbers on a spreadsheet. 
just another clinical trial participant. At least now we know. And this Dr. Fishbein continues and he says, I don't feel that foster children should not be given this opportunity to be involved in research. Okay, when you're given an opportunity to participate in something, you have the option of saying, gracias, no. No me gusta. No gracias. For those of you that live in California, you already know what that means. But for those of you living in the Midwest, that means no thank you. Thank you. No. I don't like it. See, if you're a participant, willful, willing participant, that's one thing. And again, even the guy that's supposed to be doing the right thing here, sees it as as these foster children being given an opportunity to be experimented on with AIDS drugs. These kids didn't have AIDS. I don't feel that foster children should not be given this opportunity to be involved in research, but I do feel strongly that federal rules regarding the use of foster children ought to be followed closely. So now we use foster children, like lab rats. Why not? Who's going to complain? Their parents? (laughs) So this is a doctor nonchalantly talking about children being used as lab rats on AIDS drugs. And as we go further into this, you realize that a certain drug killed a lot of them disproportionately. So much so that they got disturbed. Hey, look, this, 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 this group of kids that were given this, they're just dying. Well, I guess this is no good. Now, this is the interviewer who continues and he says, we'll get into that in just a moment, but I'm curious whether or not you see this as an opportunity or whether or not those who were conducting the research saw it as an opportunity to utilize these kids as, for lack of a better term, guinea pigs, particularly based on the livelihood of most kids in foster care. And by that I mean many of them minority, many of them going into the system poor and really a voice with little political muscle. Uh Uh-huh. I know, I know. Uh, Putting pants Biden and Dr. Fauci are for the minorities. Cattle. It doesn't matter what color you are. Sure, most kids in foster care or a disproportionate number of them are minorities. They didn't care. They They just saw lab rats. Or as this interviewer put it, guinea pigs. There's no faces, no children, no, hey, look, that kid died. Well, you know, subject 173 expired at 11.07 due to bleeding from his nose, his eyes, and his rectum. Oh, well. These are the people 
attempting to reassure you that it's A-OK to get jabbed in the arm until you start glowing in the dark. Never mind that perfectly healthy athletes in their 20s and 30s are dropping dead on soccer fields and baseball fields and football fields days and weeks after, you know, doing the right and moral thing and rolling up their sleeve. Never mind all that. That's just coincidence. Fact number 200,047. Shut up. And do as you're told. No such thing as natural immunity anymore. But we discussed this already. I don't want to beat a dead horse. It's just it's it's not just annoying. It's disturbing how many people fall in line without employing their rational thinking skills. It's it's disconcerting. So the doctor responds and says, and again, I, 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 if you've ever watched, you know, James Bond movies, uh, I, I'm, uh, I, I grew up in the Roger Moore era. He was a James Bond. It was, uh, and uh, Sean Connery, and. The one thing I noticed, even as a child, when I used to sneak over to the neighbor's house, uh, when we used to live in California and watch James Bond movies, because I wasn't allowed a television, uh, was how just comical the villains were. They were they were they were, they were so quote unquote evil. They were comically evil. I want you to keep in mind as we go on that this is supposed to be the good guy being interviewed. And the only thing I can imagine is a a James Bond villain with metal teeth. The delivery of his answers is so villainous that it makes you stop to, to, to wonder if there's any humanity left in this guy. And he's supposed to be the good guy. So this is the question that was asked. I'm curious whether or not you see this as an opportunity to utilize these kids as, for lack of a better term, guinea pigs, particularly based on the livelihood of most kids in foster care, and by that I mean many of them minority, many of them going into the system poor and really a voice with little political muscle. And the doctor's answer was thusly. One of the things that you need to consider is back in the late 80s and early 90s when there were no established treatments for children with AIDS, that clinical research was the only opportunity for some of these children to get some of the drugs believed to be beneficial for their condition. Apparently, some of them did have AIDS. I think these children are easily available to researchers, and I think that the issue 
of protection is one that needs to be more closely scrutinized by the institutional review boards where the research is conducted. So he's passing the buck, as they do. When people start dropping dead with basically no symptomology other than the fact that they got jabbed, I'm sure that those being called to task will uh, point to the institutional review boards and say, hey, it's not on us. The interviewer begins again and says, these advocates, if you will, these overseers were not for the most part in most cases given to each one of these young people. With that, And we should note that you've been very upfront, and quite frankly, one could see you really going after the hand that feeds you in being, to some degree, a whistleblower. If you will, uh, you see this as a waste, fraud, and abuse, the use of foster kids in this sense. Do you not? And again, listen to this. Well, what I see is a situation where there has been neglect to protect these children. And in my role at the NIH, I was very interested in making sure these researchers, whether they were doing clinical trials in vulnerable populations or not so vulnerable populations, make sure that the federal rules were followed. And I'm concerned about a lack of compliance on the part of many investigators And I'm concerned about the lack of oversight from the federal government, particularly the NIH, in making sure that rules are followed. So I could go on with this, and I'm probably going to revisit it, because uh, further down they they start talking uh, about the mortality rates. And it's so clinical. And it's so void of human emotion and it's so void humanity that it's bone chilling. And these are the people currently in charge of your well-being. These are the people currently in charge of controlling the pandemic, which isn't a pandemic anymore. All the while, everything around us is slowly crumbling. I don't know if you've heard what happened over Thanksgiving, but apparently the newest thing is to go into stores and demand a 100% discount. Uh, There have been lootings taking place throughout the nation. And before any bleeding heart or Beth Moore fan goes on a rant about, these people need to eat, what would you have them do? Well, first of all, get a job. Everyone's hiring. where You can't throw a rock anywhere without hitting a now hiring sign. So get a job. Second of all, if you really do have to eat, if the reason you're doing it is for food, 
will you be pan frying or baking that Louis Vuitton purse? How will you be consuming it? The latest is that San Francisco's Union Square uh, has boarded up for Christmas after mass lootings. The San Francisco's Union Square, the high-end shopping district at the center of the city, is boarding up for the Christmas shopping season after a string of mass lootings events that began on the weekend before Thanksgiving. Normally, Union Square is festive and bright in December. Its giant Christmas tree and menorah attract visitors from across the region, as does its outdoor ice skating rink. Situated alongside the city's famous cable car, it's an oasis of prosperity in a gritty downtown. Contraire, mon chéri, it was. It was. Past tense. Past tense. It was an oasis of prosperity in a gritty downtown. Now they're just a bunch of boarded up buildings. See, and and, and the thing that flummoxes me, that's right, I know the word flummox. The thing that flummoxes me is the fact that come next election cycle, these people that are seeing their entire way of life turn to absolute just desperation are going to vote the same people who brought them to that position into power again. Tell me that it's not a cult. Tell me that it's not brainwashed people zealously drinking Kool-Aid while their masters dressed in white encourage them to do so. As San Francisco approaches the critical December shopping month, instead of holiday lights and Santa Claus decorations, dozens of downtown retailers greeted shoppers with plywood-encased storefronts and armed guards in the wake of mass retail thefts in Union Square two weeks ago. Around a half dozen stores in the Union Square area were boarded up on Tuesday, including the Louis Vuitton store and others that sustained damage during the robberies. Other luxury stores, such as Gucci, which Mayor London Breed said had an existing security gate system and wasn't damaged in previous robberies, had a guard outside as well. So, uh, question. How apt do you think uh, the rich ladies of San Francisco will be to come and shop in these places when they're all boarded up and looking as though uh, the next hostage situation can take place at any moment? From there to here, there needs to have been a journey. They began in one spot and descended to another. And every time they went down another rung, 
the average citizen comforted himself with the idea that, well, at least this is rock bottom. Only to discover a little while later that, hey, it's not rock bottom. We're still free falling. It's a problem when you attempt to excuse criminality. It's a problem when you attempt to excuse people's behavior based on race or anything else. I heard what happened just up the road from where I live, maybe 20 minutes during the parade. This, this man shouldn't have been out on the street. This man should have been in prison. But see, this is what happens when, when, when people's bleeding hearts override their logic. Well, you're a career criminal. You attempted to somewhat run someone over with your car just two weeks earlier. Failed numerous times, but hey. We're willing to give you another shot. And what? Eight people are dead. A couple kids. It's only going to get worse. Anybody that thinks we've reached the bottom and, well, up is the only thing we can do from here, is fooling themselves. We've discussed at length The difference between crimes of necessity and crimes of opportunity. Up until now, all we've had was crimes of opportunity. As the economy sputters along and things get worse and worse, they will become crimes of necessity. That people will do it to feed themselves or someone they love. If you think crime's bad now, give it a minute. I know, American prophetic. If you think crime's bad now, give it a minute. And this this, this isn't even taking into account everything else that's going on. Russia, right now, the latest is that half of Ukraine's army has been deployed to Donbass. The world is not at peace. All is not well. And yes, even though it's happening half a world away, there will be a ripple effect. There will be a chain of causation, as the kids like to say. And we've already spent our silver bullet. Where are we going to get more dinero? Well, we're just going to print it. Yep. And then we're going to devalue the dollar again. Remember Uncle Mikey was talking about $200 a pound chicken? Yeah. Keep printing money, kids. Than you think. 
Ukraine has now stationed well over 100,000 troops and large quantities of hardware in the war-torn Donbass region, the Russian foreign ministry alleged on Wednesday morning amid rising tensions. Speaking at a briefing on Wednesday, diplomatic spokeswoman Maria Zakharova claimed that the armed forces of the Ukraine are increasing their military force, pulling heavy equipment and personnel. The only thing I can say on this topic is I hope with all my heart that the Ukrainians aren't banking on America's help. That they're not showing aggression, believing that America is going to be there to step in. Because they will be sorely, sorely mistaken. Um, Next Monday, I'll be driving my brother to the airport. And he's going to be going to Ukraine, so please keep him in your prayers. Uh, We talked about this a little bit two weeks ago, but in case you missed it, uh, we're trying to put together uh, a nice lump sum of change for him to take over to Ukraine to buy firewood and food and all the other things these people need. Uh, it's I haven't been because uh, I got kids now, and uh, it's his turn to travel until he gets sick of air, air, air flight. Uh, but uh, from what I hear and the pictures I've seen, this is pretty much like Romania in the early 90s. Uh, people are very poor, they're very hungry, they're very desperate. So uh, as uh, I promised last week, I did hand over my $300 in U.S. legal tender to my little brother. Uh, That was my commitment to the whole thing. Um, And if you can do anything, please do. It's going to a good cause. Um, Not going to twist your arm. Uh, I'm not going to Creflo dollar you into giving money. You know what the Lord saith? Lord saith, if you give me a fish, I'll give you a bushel. Stop. Stop. Just do it because it's the right thing to do. I don't, we, we stopped doing that, haven't we? We, we? we want accolades. We want our names and lights. We want to be praised. We want somebody to recognize the depth of our magnanimity. No. The Bible says, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. I know, but how, how's my name going to be on a plaque if nobody knows who did it? God does. That's enough. It's enough. If God knows, the only entity that needed to know knows. And he will properly reward you. So, again, I, if you want your name on a flag, I, I, I'll, I'll scribble your name on a white sheet of paper and mail it to you. And I'll even, like, sign my name. There you go. See, now it's worth nothing, as it was before. Uh, but I, 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 there's only so much of this stuff you can talk about and think about and dissect. before you either grow numb to it or you have to find some sort of levity, some sort of distraction, uh, some sort of way to depressurize, to release the steam. And I I don't want to grow numb to it. 
because that's that, that that's a bed headspace for me. I don't like being numb about these things because then I'll just you know whatever you know I'll, I'll be like the pre-tribbers. Whatever, we're not going to be here for it anyway. I mean, I'm sure any minute now, maybe, maybe Jesus needed to let his Tesla charge up. But hey, any minute now, I, I can't be that way. So if I use levity once in a while to, to try to cut through the tension, then understand there's a reason for it. But with all due seriousness, please keep my brother in your prayers as he travels to Ukraine and do what you can as far as uh, financing our ability to help those people. Because, uh, you know, it's, I, some people, they're sitting there, you know, look how much I have in my savings account. It's up to five digits now. Yeah, but it's only going to be worth half a digit in about six months. So what's the point? There will come a point, and I've said this before, and I feel the need to repeat it. There will come a point when the children of God will be dependent on God for their daily bread. The Bible is very clear. The just will live by faith. So the thing that you have to worry about and the thing that I have to worry about isn't so much the stuff, but rather the faith. If you have the faith, You don't need the stuff as a safety net. If you have the faith, you don't need the stuff to help you sleep at night. See, the faith is all you need. Because faith is a mighty force that moves the heart of God. And the God you serve isn't some sideshow carny that pulls people's legs to, hey, hey, look at that. He was three inches shorter on the left side. The God you serve isn't some carny like Benny Hinn throwing his coat on people and blowing on them. The God you serve spoke the universe into being. He said, let there be light. And there was light. He fashioned man out of the dust of the earth and breathed life into that dust. You serve an omnipotent God. A God who is by faith. So if you're going to invest your time in anything, I hope it's in growing your faith. Because no matter how much you amass, no matter how large your granaries, no matter how fat your bank account, no matter how much expired chili you got in that basement, 
The book says, the just shall live by faith. So just throwing that out there. I don't know who it's for, but God bless you anyway. Thank you for listening. Gino, are you on or did you hang up? I am. Gino's still in nope, Italy. He's probably gained yes, 60 pounds from eating gelato and spaghetti. But anyway, if Gino's <laughs> here, then I will let you people go. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. We'll see you next week. I will be here. Gino will be back home. He'll probably parlay in Italiano with you because, you know, <laughs> now he's like half Italian. But thank you for listening. God bless you. Gino, if you've got anything to say, the floor is yours. I want to just say that pray for Daniel. Uh, we've had a church in Aviano, and I know that they're all praying for his trip. We hear about the Ukraine. We're, very, we're not far from that area. It's very dangerous. I know the church that I was at is going to help towards this trip, but I'm with Mike. Do what you can. When a brother goes in God's name to help these people that are suffering, and I'm, not, I'm telling you what, they're suffering. They're suffering greatly, probably without wood, food, getting mortared. And my heart really goes out to those folks, and I'm thankful our ministry is going to go and show them the love and hope of Jesus. I'm in Rome. It's been a very eye-opening day uh, going around Rome. I really impact you when you see uh, where Paul uh, spent his last days as a martyr for the Lord. And um, it's a city of a lot of history. Um, I'm not I'm not enamored by the Pope because I do know one day that the Pope and the Antichrist will work together. Uh, I believe that without a doubt, so I'm not enamored by that, but I do care about the Christian history. They say Peter was, you know, died in Rome. That's questionable. But an amazing city, either way, you can learn a lot. Solid, solid dissertation on the, the evil elements of the, of the NIH and CDC and things like that that want to control our lives. We should have a choice in the matter whether we want to take the vaccine or not. And we really are in the last days. Careless times are here. They're not coming. They're here. Put your trust in the Lord. Thank you for listening to the Light of Truth radio broadcast. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast, The Light of Truth with Michael Baldea. If you would like to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website at handofhelp.com. If you have questions about our ministry, you can email us at handofhelpoffice at aol.com. Or simply call us at 920-206-9910. God bless you.